Welcome to Satsang. Could you please talk about saying yes to life? Saying yes to life is something that's not natural to us. It's natural to us to offer life resistance, to survive, to struggle, to basically survive anything that comes our way because the body and the mind is a survival mechanism. So we offer resistance. Yes is something we actually have to learn. Saying yes to life makes life so much easier because we're not in conflict. The moment we say no to anything, on some level, we're in conflict and we're probably contracted inside with the resistance that that no is offering. And so saying yes to existence is like saying yes to God or yes to truth or yes to heart because in yes, we are open. And in no, we tend to be closed, but not necessarily. Because of our primal programming, when we get into no's, quite often we contract inside and go into resistance. Yes is a beautiful way to live this life. Yes is acceptance of life. No, is non-acceptance of life. And when we are in non-acceptance of life, we tend to suffer. In yes, in being in acceptance to life, we tend not to suffer. And so if you can develop uh, a pattern, a default pattern of a yes to existence or a yes to life, you can have quite a beautiful life. If all you do is offer resistance in the form of no, well, your life isn't going to be that beautiful because that resistance is causing suffering in you. You are responsible for that, not life, not existence. You create your reality by the way you think. And this is where we have a little bit of control over whether we suffer or whether we don't. If we can find a yes, suffering is pretty much over. If all we can do is be negative and offer no's, well, we're creating that suffering in ourselves. Nobody's doing it to us, it's us. We're making ourselves feel. We're likely to somehow not see that. And this is where higher consciousness comes in. In higher consciousness, we actually see what the mind is up to. We see what it's doing. We see its defenses. We see its belief systems. We see its operations, its nuts and bolts. And because we can see it, we don't need to get involved in anything that is detrimental to us. And any time we go into resistance inside ourselves against anything, it is detrimental to us because it makes us suffer. So in higher consciousness, there is no resistance. There is no closure. There is just openness. And this openness supports heart and it supports higher consciousness and it supports awakening. No keeps us locked 
in lower consciousness and supports survival. And there's nothing wrong with that unless, of course, you're into higher consciousness and enlightenment. And then it's the problem. And the problem is being caused by you. And so in Buddhism, they have this wonderful statement, uh, no I, no problem, because the I tends to be the one that loves to say no. In acceptance, in a yes, the I is actually diminished. There's not much of it there. But in a no, the I can be very strong, very profound. And so choosing a life that says yes instead of no is the way to higher consciousness, is the way to enlightenment, is the way to learn unconditional surrender, the doorway to enlightenment. So are there any questions or any statements or any challenges to this teaching here today? The first question is, why is acceptance such a big part of your teaching? <laughs> because it's the only thing that works. <laughs> it's also, I think, the hardest thing for people to learn because we're not programmed for it. We're actually programmed for resistance. We're programmed for survival. We're programmed to be unhappy. We're not programmed for acceptance. We're not programmed for yes. And so we have to learn it as adults. And it's hard to learn because if you take on a new default pattern of any kind, it takes years to actually become a default pattern. You have to practice it for years before it becomes a default pattern. Psychologists reckon it takes a couple of years to develop default patterns in the first place as children. And I feel quite strongly that it takes about that long to create a default pattern as an adult. People think, oh, that's a great idea. And they think they got it, but you haven't got it until it's a default pattern. In other words, operating uh, automatically without you doing anything, without any discipline. And so <laughs> a big part of my teaching is acceptance there's nothing else to teach. The doorway to higher consciousness, the doorway to the heart, the doorway to super consciousness enlightenment is surrender. And we learn surrender by practicing acceptance. Do you see anything as unacceptable? I may not agree with everything that happens on this planet, but I don't live in a state of resistance. I see things as they are, just what is. And so the question, do I see something acceptable or unacceptable, doesn't even come into play. Life is just the way life is. And I accept life the way it is, but it's even not a doing in me. It's a surrender. It's just the way it is. But that took a lot of practice to get to that because like everybody else, I was a, a classic resistor, a classic sufferer. I mean, you look at what creates suffering. 
it's definitely not a yes. It's definitely not acceptance. So what else is it? <laughs> you choose uh, to create your life the way you do. And you're responsible for it. And so if you're suffering, you're offering life a lot of resistance. Bad things happen to all human beings. Things go wrong for all human beings. But we can see ourselves as a victim of them and go into resistance, or we can just see it as it is. This is what is. And this is attitudinal in a lot of ways. But it's not what we were programmed for, and it's not part of the primal programming of survival. The primal programming of survival is very much resistance. And so to climb out of lower consciousness, the practice of acceptance, the practice of yes, is, is a very powerful way. It's also the way of the heart, the path of least resistance, the path of non-resistance. And so if you're into love, if you're into heart, this practice is beautiful because it works. Thinking about it doesn't work. Understanding it doesn't work practice works what is the main obstacle to total acceptance of everything <laughs> find a mirror <laughs> find a mirror and have a look and you see that the, and you'll see the main, main obstacle looking back at you give him a smile and a wink <laughs> <laughs> you are the main obstacle. You as an I are the main obstacle. Satsang is in a way an undoing process. It's not a doing up process. It's not making the ego bigger and better and more powerful. It's about diminishing it. It's about undoing it, unraveling it. You are the problem. You are the main obstacle that's in the way because of the way you've been programmed. Your parents, your church, your government, your school, they didn't program you for freedom. They didn't program you for happiness. They programmed you to be an efficient little machine. Now you have to change that patterning if you want, if you want to. If you want higher consciousness, that type of patterning is in the way. It's the obstacle. What would be my motivation to change myself if I'm in total acceptance? If you're in total acceptance of life as it is, you're ready for enlightenment. Why would you want to do anything? You, you, you've actually prepared the ground. You've created a mind that is equanimous, a mind that stays even no matter what is happening. You have done the work. Why would you want to do anything else? <laughs> You're ready for home. How do I say yes to life without being a doormat? Hmm, maybe you should come and hang out with me for a while. I have a constant yes to life. But I don't notice anybody using me as a doormat or disrespecting me. That doesn't happen. I can say, I can put boundaries in place from openness. 
I don't have to close. I don't have to go into contraction to put a boundary up. I can be loving when I put up a boundary. I mean, you get, a lot of you have probably got children. You don't have to close to tell them what they need to do, where they need to be. You don't have to close to put up boundaries for them. You can stay open and you can love them. And so this idea of being a doormat, that only happens when you let people treat you like a doormat. You don't have to close to, to put up boundaries. <laughs> you can stay open. So how can I put up boundaries to people while still saying yes to life? Practice. There's no other way. You're not going to get this intellectually. You can only get this through practice. Even if you did get it intellectually, it wouldn't change anything. This is where we make a huge mistake as uh, modern day human beings. We think that if we know something, uh, that's going to change something. No insight is simply an invitation to do the work, nothing more. Knowledge doesn't raise your consciousness levels. Not really. Collecting knowledge, going to the library, you know, studying Buddhism, studying Hinduism, studying Taoism, Sufism, whatever, it doesn't raise your consciousness levels one iota. Only practice changes your consciousness levels. So practice. How can I put up boundaries <laughs> while still saying yes to life? Easy. Life's good. Put up the boundaries. Say yes. Practice. And, you know, we learn by failing. Uh, it's how we learned how to walk. We just kept getting up and falling down and getting up and falling down and getting up until we learn how to stay up. And the same goes with anything that we're going to learn that's new. We're going to fall over a few times, maybe hundreds of times. doesn't matter. doesn't matter how many times you fail. It matters how many times you keep getting up. A viewer asks, I'm in a situation where a no or a triggering repeatedly occurs. I accept the obstacle or belief, but I still notice being touched. Have I not fully accepted it yet? Maybe the belief is a cluster. Is it beneficial to excuse yourself from the external situation and accept things over time? The question has many, many questions in it and I don't answer questions like that. If you're willing to ask me one question, I will answer it. If you ask me a number of questions in a paragraph, I'm not interested in doing that. Can you erode the ego just by saying yes to life? Heck yeah, <laughs> I sure can. Psychologists reckon that the ego is built on no. And so allowing our children to say no uh, gains them a healthy ego, a strong ego for life. Um, not allowing children to say no uh, can create a weak ego. But as an adult, we can start to reverse that. We can start to diminish the ego and find humility by saying, yes, it is an antidote. It is just sometimes a bit of a hard pill to swallow because it means you have to give up arrogance and righteousness. Yes. I 
Are we all born resistant to life or is it a cultural thing? I'm sure there's um, primal programming in there that's resistant to life because we survive through resistance. But it is very cultural uh, to be programmed to say no and to be in resistance. I don't think it's cultural to say yes. It is something as a spiritual seeker you need to learn because if all you can do is find a no to life, forget about raising your consciousness levels. It's not going to happen. Sometimes I find I can't say yes to life. I just don't agree. Do I always have to say yes? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not really about yes or no. It's about openness. See, you look at what no does in most human beings. It causes closure. Look what yes does, it creates openness. So you can do a yes from a closure as well. The thing about it is, is are you coming from openness or are you coming from closure? Are you coming from resistance inside yourself or are you coming from non-resistance? That's the question really. Because the game of higher consciousness is about openness. The, an open mind will support higher consciousness. An open mind will support heart. An open mind will support enlightenment. A closed mind won't do that. A defended mind won't do that. And so in learning to have an open mind, a vulnerable mind, we're actually going against nature, uh, our primal programming and our causal programming. This is why enlightenment and higher consciousness are actually rare because it goes against all of our programming to be that way. So the spiritual seeker somehow works this out and starts practicing openness, starts practicing being in the world vulnerable. And now they're on their way to higher consciousness. A viewer asks, it seems that there is no shortcut to the process of awakening or even to attain higher consciousness. It can take a lifetime or two or 3000. Is this so? I don't know about the two or 3000 lifetimes. I, that's a lot of lifetimes. <laughs> it is uh, very hard to raise your consciousness levels. It is very hard to, to create a mind that will support enlightenment. But what else you got to do? It is also very hard to open, open up and support heart and find love in your life. But a life without love is a desert. And to the degree that we're closed, to the degree we're defended, is probably to the degree that we don't experience true love. What else you got to do here? Everybody's going to die. You're going to die. And you're probably going to do it again. So why not actually put a bit of effort in and raise your consciousness levels? Find your heart and love everybody and wake up. What else is there to do that's worthwhile? Whatever we give our energy to is what grows. What do you give your energy to? <laughs> Up to you.
sometimes you say that only a strong ego can learn surrender. Can you please explain that? Yeah, an ego that is very strong can surrender completely. An ego that is actually weak and all over the place, scattered, is not going to be able to surrender properly because it's too scattered, it's too weak. Full unconditional surrender would take a very strong ego because it's a full stop, it's an end. There's no scattering in it. There's no parts that aren't in agreement. It is a totality and that is a strong ego. In partiality, the ego is all over the place like a monkey running here, running there, agreeing here, disagreeing there, liking itself sometimes, not liking itself other times, parts that it doesn't like, no self-acceptance <laughs> self is a problem. A strong ego can come to a single point and at that point, it can just let go. A viewer asks, does saying yes and being open make us feel a lot more? Yeah. The reason we are defended, the reason we are closed is to protect ourselves from feeling. That's why we developed all the closures, all the defenses in the first place to stop us from feeling when we we're very young emotions that we could not handle. And so the seeker needs to develop a willingness to be with whatever appears with a warm, okayness and that is totally against nature and that's why it is difficult but that's the only way if we open up we are going to feel things and we are going to get touched more easily there is no doubt about that that is the price of opening up and finding love if we are that open and that vulnerable that we perceive love things are going to hurt us but as adults, we can take it. We can handle it. Maybe as kids, we couldn't. And we develop defense systems to protect ourselves from the touches. But as adults, we can take it. And so walking through the world open, you feel everything. But you also perceive love. Uh, the viewer asks another question. Oh my goodness. Now I feel that there is no hope at all, as I believe my ego is quite weak and very impressionable to all stimuli. How do I work with this to attain awakening? Yeah, good question. Start meditating. Get a practice of sitting, uh, finding a place that's sanct a sanctuary for you, sitting and watching your mind or watching your breath. Start meditating. This is the beginning to developing a mind that will support enlightenment. If your mind is weak and all over the place, you're going to have relatively unhappy life until you die because the mind is just going to do what it does, whatever default patterns are in you. And nobody I've met has ever been programmed to be happy. We've all been programmed to be miserable actually, because we're constantly desiring what we haven't got to change. And we get terribly fearful of losing what we do have. So it's up to you. The beginning in a lot of ways is developing a practice of meditation to start disciplining the mind to come into line. The Buddhist way <clears throat> is watching the breath. 
you watch the breath come in at the nose and you watch it turn and then you watch it go out again and then you watch it turn and come in again and you just keep your awareness on the breath and when the mind comes in you bring your awareness back to the breath and you're training the mind to be aware of what is real but you're also disciplining it to be strong meditation is the answer a viewer asks sometimes it seems wrong to say that things are okay or to say yes or even that it was meant to be so like when a child is abused and if i do say so i get condemnation from people around me how would you handle these types of situations i live in the world of acceptance i don't tell <laughs> i tell people what i'm what, what's going on inside of me why would i bother doing that there's no need to announce your intentions i live in the world of acceptance but that doesn't mean they wouldn't put myself in harm's way to protect a child but it would come from a place of openness not contraction and it would come from a place of acceptance just because i accept life as it is don't doesn't mean that i'm not a caretaker here on the planet like every other adult we're here to take care of this place and we're here to take care of each other this is what it means to be human this is what it means to be mature but all of that can be done from openness from an acceptance of life as it is try it and see you talk about squeezing the juice of life is it a requirement for enlightenment <laughs> not at all you can be pretty sour and be enlightened or you can be celebratory and be enlightened what <laughs> the mind in a lot of ways is irrelevant as long as it's lent surrender it's done it, the work has been done squeezing the juice out of life is just heck why not celebrate this life while we're here why not actually have the space suit try everything dance and eat good food and celebrate with friends and be in life why not or yes you can go for enlightenment and have a lock yourself away from the world and deny this and deny that yeah and that might work as well towards enlightenment but i don't advocate that way i advocate being in the world loving life learning acceptance learning surrender and waking up We have another follow-up question from the viewer. Thank you for recommendation to start meditating. I will do that. When I'm not meditating and involved in daily life, is there anything I can do to help me stay present? Yeah. For me, I heard my teacher in Osho Rajneesh in the 80s say meditation needs to be every moment. And I thought, well, that's impossible. But it is not impossible. All we have to do is be present to what is real. And everything around us is real. What we think is not. And so we can be present during the day when we're not in formal meditation of watching our breath. We can be present to what's happening around us. We can be present to our body because that's real too. That's nature. 
the moment we start thinking and we become present to our thoughts, we've shifted from meditation to dream. And so there's two practices for gaining reality from the dream that most adults are lost in. One is formal meditation and the other is mindfulness training. Being aware of what is happening around you all the time. And that's up to you. That's a practice. It's up to you. It's a spiritual practice. It's also a practice of being successful in the material world because if you are that present in the material world, it is reasonably difficult to fail. Avila asks another question. Openness causes me to feel other people's feelings. Some people find overactive empathy overwhelming. Will developing openness continually increase the volume of other people's feelings? Yeah, it will. Unless you're already wide open. I feel everything. I walk in a room and I feel everything. I feel everybody. It's how it is. It's uh, like we see people, we hear people. If someone touches us, we feel the touch. But an empath or someone who's wide open, because I think all human beings are empaths, it's just they're closed. Uh, an empath feels them as well. They feel their energy. So someone's sad, they feel the sadness. Someone's angry, they feel the anger. Someone's happy, they feel the happiness. Someone's joyful, they feel the joy. Someone's loving, they feel the love. It's just a sense that all human beings have that a lot of human beings closed down because it was too overwhelming as children to feel that sort of thing. But as adults, we can open up again and start to feel it. And yeah, it's uncomfortable. So what? We're adults. We're not children. We can handle it. It's a beautiful sense to be that open because you can read people way more easily. Energy doesn't lie. Human beings can lie with their words, even with the tone of their voice. They can lie with their body actions. But energetically, they can't lie. They can <laughs> energy is truthful. And so if you're open enough to read energy, read what's coming off people, feel what's happening with them, you're getting the truth. It's a it's a it's an asset. You just have to be okay with being uncomfortable from time to time. That's all. How do I not go into resistance when I'm feeling the sadness or sorrow of others? Be okay with it. Be okay with pain. <clears throat> it's the pain that you're resisting. Stop resisting. Be okay. Make it okay. Or keep resisting and suffer yourself. Because any form of resistance you put in will create suffering in you. Just be okay with what is. Always be okay with what is it's not easy but this is the way i don't know another way jesus even jesus said only little children can enter my kingdom of heaven little children are absolutely open absolutely vulnerable and they're in the moment in a lot of ways jesus got that right openness counts for everything How does resistance create suffering? <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you haven't looked. <laughs> Any, <laughs> we, 
when we resist something, are we really content or is that discontentment? Now, I think that discontentment is a form of suffering and I think contentment is not. So every time we resist whatever, we go to discontentment. I see that as suffering. But people are so used to being in resistance, so used to being discontent, they don't even notice that they're discontent. Step back and look and feel. What is it like when you resist life? Is it happy? Or is it really discontentment, suffering? Would you say that happiness is the same thing as acceptance? No, <laughs> I would not say so. <laughs> not at all. Acceptance is a, a mind thing, really is a mind thing. Uh, it's kind of like a doing in a way. You, you do acceptance. Happiness is a byproduct. It's a, a feeling that comes with... Um, being in acceptance of life. It's a feeling. That the ultimate in happiness is profound contentment for no reason. And that's what occurs when you wake up. I find discontentment to be a motivator. How can I motivate myself without discontentment? <laughs> it is a motivator. I use that particular motivator regularly. Uh, I, to try to motivate seekers into doing something about changing their consciousness levels because they've become complacent. I remind them that if you stay in lower consciousness, you get to do it all again. And if you remain in lower consciousness and resistance, you create suffering for yourself until you die. So I am creating discontentment in people as a motivator to get them to do the one thing that is worth doing here. Wake up. A viewer asks, if I'm more open, more feelings flow through me. Does that mean if I pause this larger flow through resistance, a larger quantity of emotional energy or pain body in the body is created? It's not created in the body, it's just flowing through. When you're undefended, everything flows through you anyway. It's only our defense systems that really hold things in. Live a life of openness and everything comes in stays a while and leaves so you look at babies they're, they're totally open they're totally vulnerable they can take any amount of energy from angry parents or whatever and it doesn't stay in them it just dissipates they don't have the defense systems they don't have the mind power to hold it in start letting go start taking down your defenses and the energy comes in stays a while and it goes it's a little uncomfortable for a short period of time but if you're in acceptance of it it's not a problem it's only if you're in resistance to it that it is a problem. And you're responsible for your acceptance or your resistance because that's what you create. In the Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man, his practice was to say yes to everything that presented itself. Do you think this would be a worthy practice? <laughs> No, <laughs> definitely not. The yes is internal. It's not external. It's not saying yes to 
other people to walk all over you or to get you into trouble in some way. It's an internal way of being in the world of openness. And you can even pretend on the outside to be in a yes, like in that Jim Carrey movie, he was being forced to say yes by something. And so he would say yes. So the truth is, even though he was saying yes externally, he had a no going on on the inside. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating a yes on the inside. What happens on the outside is irrelevant. Openness on the inside. Sometimes I find myself having a maybe attitude rather than a yes to life, sitting on the fence and procrastinating whether I will fail or fly in situations. How can I not be afraid of failure and just go for it without overthinking and worrying? Well, if that's your pattern, that's what you're going to do until you die. If your pattern is to sit on the fence, if your pattern is to overthink, to procrastinate and to worry, that's what you're going to do until you die. And I don't know how many years left or how many moments left you have, but heck, if I was you, I'd want to do something about that. One of the first programs that I changed in my own mind was the removal of worry because it was very clear to me at the age of 19 that worry makes no difference to anything except it creates suffering in you. Overthinking keeps you locked in your mind in lower consciousness because it's a dream. But you're doing it and it's a default pattern so it's going to be hard for you to change but gosh if i was you i'd be trying to change it i wouldn't be accepting that for the rest of my life if you're into higher consciousness worrying overthinking uh they, these things are in the way because these things keep you locked in dream in lower consciousness do something about it change it and so with worry, for me, when I was 19, I noticed it. I noticed there was worry occurring and I just stopped it. That simple. I had two programs. One was to observe it. The other was to stop it. That's it. No negotiation. No thinking about it. Anything of worry occurred, stop. It's up to you. That's how you change patterns. It took me a couple of years to stop worrying. A couple of years of practice. How do I genuinely say yes to vexatious or angry people and not contract from them? Ah, I found angry and uh, poisonous people uh, wonderful for my uh, say personal growth, if you like, because I'd step closer and see what inside myself closed and finding a way to open that. And so instead of stepping away from anger, Instead of stepping away from toxic people, I stepped closer. I used it as a spiritual practice to open up further and further and further. Life, so many things in life we can use as a spiritual practice because openness is the key. And so anything that's nasty that's happening, if we step closer, if we move closer and practice openness we're practicing a spiritual practice that'll set us free we're ex we're practicing yes
Kalimba asks, I have heard it is said it's better to tell someone the truth, even if it makes them cry, than to lie to them just to make them smile. What is your take on this? Well, I deal in the truth. Uh, I tell people the truth. That's actually what I do. And uh, it's not popular. People don't want to be told the truth. They actually want to be told a convenient lie uh, that comes out of your, your mouth, but is their opinion. And I have no intention of ever doing that. Because when I was a seeker, I hung out with people who were, could see me, first of all, and who were prepared to tell me the truth. They were my best friends. Having someone tell me how wonderful I am or telling me lies about what's happening, I, I didn't really get interested in those sort of people at all. But you will find if you tell people the truth, you'll lose a lot of friends because they don't want to know. Then you'll find the right friends, the ones that will help you and support you in your own consciousness growth. Telling the truth is expensive. <laughs> you'll find out so i agree with uh kalimba yes yes i prefer to tell people the truth always always and it is an expensive commodity to use a viewer asks do you recommend the toxic or angry partner haha -ha. <laughs> only if you're lucky <laughs> whatever whatever existence gives you whatever give existence gives you you can be with and use for your own personal growth your own higher consciousness if someone gets together with you that is hard to get along with well you're going to learn more about acceptance and more about openness from them than someone who actually you get along really well with everything can be used everything can be your teacher if you're willing to look for the teaching rather than just looking to be right. How can I be more accepting of people telling me the truth when it makes me uncomfortable? Whatever you do, do not hang out with people who tell you the truth. It sounds like you're the sort of person who doesn't want to hear the truth. So please don't hang out with people who tell you the truth. It just makes you uncomfortable. Or, <laughs> or grow up. Mature adults can handle the truth. Immature adults can't. This game of higher consciousness is only for mature adults. Immature adults don't make it. So have a look at your maturity level. Have a look at what you're willing to uh, take responsibility for in this world. And when people aren't willing to feel their own feelings, when they won't take responsibility for their own feelings, wow, man, they've ruled themselves out of this game. I found recently I felt uncomfortable while recounting a difficult and vulnerable circumstance with a good friend. I often find that I don't push myself to go into depth or risk sharing my true vulnerability. I often take refuge in general statements that only hint at what I really feel. How can I be willing to be more open-hearted? Well, it's open-minded in a lot of ways rather than open-hearted. It's you're coming from massive defensiveness to protect yourself from feeling. 
you've closed yourself down. You've become an ineffective human being because you're not saying what you mean or meaning what you say. It's a shame. You don't have to live like that. That's your choice. Get back to what I was talking about before. Mature adults don't do this. Mature adults will say, will do, will make it work. It comes down to not protecting yourself, not being that small, allowing yourself to feel whatever comes, being in the world. Have a look at your maturity levels. Immature people protect themselves and hide all over the place. Mature adults don't. Have a look. When my wife suggested therapy for me or for us, I found I only said yes after a long time and a lot of fights. And only when a threat of divorce left me feeling like I had no choice. How can I have a yes to life in this scenario? <laughs> well, <laughs> if your wife was pushing you for therapy and you felt like you had no choice because she was going to leave you otherwise, she sounds like she had the gold and uh, the golden rule works something like uh, whoever has the gold makes the rules. And so you go along with it and you make it work. You invite her to come with you. I don't know what the problem was. I have no idea. But if you can't work out your situation, if you can't work out your stuff, getting assistance from someone outside of yourself is a great idea. The problem that we have in Australia particularly is men think they should be able to do everything themselves. So they don't tend to go to counselling as much as women. I'd say, because uh, I worked as a psychotherapist for a lot of years, I'd say that out of 10, nine people who came to counselling were women and one was men, a man. Now that's pretty unusual because 50% of the population in Australia are women and 50% of the population in Australia are men. And so I had to have a very close look at it. Men think they know or they think they should know. They don't think they should be getting help. This is pure arrogance and ignorance. If your relationship's not working, and your wife's insisting on you getting counselling or she's going to leave you, get counselling. Do the right thing. Drop your ego. Drop your arrogance. Drop. drop. <laughs> make it work. Because that's what men actually do. They make it work for others. A viewer asks, is there any possible negative health effects? of having overwhelming, painful emotions going through our hearts? Not in my experience. Depends on your reaction to it, doesn't it really? You see, I have a pain going through me anytime I come into the presence of another human. So what? I'm not gonna to react to it. I'm not going to go into resistance to it. It's just what is, it's what happens. Human beings, basically let off their pain bodies. That's how it is. It's the world we live in. I would say that if you are having uh, health effects or negative health effects, somewhere you're in resistance to what is and it's exhausting you. 
Yeah, have a close look and see. You see, look at this. Babies take on massive doses of stuff from their parents and other people. I wonder how that affects them. Well, they eventually get defended because that's how they stop feeling pain. But really, as adults, we can handle it. We just let it through. It's when we start to resist it that it becomes a problem. Resistance, in a way, is the enemy. Openness is our friend. I've noticed that when I'm tired, I run very negative thoughts and I feel like life is a burden. How can I start to feel inspired by life? Okay, so if you, when you're very tired, you start to run uh, negative thoughts. That's because that's your default pattern. And when you're tired, that's what's happening. And so that default pattern was created over a lifetime. You want to change that, you actually have to stop entertaining negative thoughts until they stop coming. You have to develop a new default pattern of not entertaining negativity. As a matter of fact, human beings are naturally buoyant. The only time we ever sink ourselves is when we run negativity. But we're responsible for that, not the world. What happens in the world is what happens in the world. The way we think about it, that's our business. And if we decide to run negative thoughts, well, we're going to sink ourselves. Catching negative thoughts and not entertaining them is the answer. Are there physiological signs that can show me when I'm in resistance? Yeah. If your mind's contracting, your body will probably be contracting. You'll probably find your diaphragm's contracting and the jaw is contracting. If you're in resistance, you'll feel it in your body. Just look for signs of it in your own body. They're the telltale signs. A locked up jaw, a tight neck, uh, shallow breathing, tightness anywhere. Probably heads right back to the mind's contraction. Would relaxing the body relax the mind also? Mm, not necessarily. The mind's in charge, you know, without a mind, the body does nothing really, it's inert. Uh, the thing is to relax the mind. You relax the mind and you have a relaxed body. Relax the body will help, but not if the mind is disturbed. Relax the mind. And a relaxed mind is a mind that is an acceptance of life as it is. When I've been caught out not following through with things I've committed to doing, large or small, I find I don't own up to the deed easily. I try to defend my way out of it. How can I have a yes and be more open in this situation? Well, unless you uh, develop some level of maturity inside yourself, you're not going to be able to find a yes. Because a mature adult uh, recognizes that time is valuable to people and recognizes that it's disrespectful to keep people waiting or to let them down. Uh, this is uh, just obvious. And so in maturity, if we actually do let someone down, we apologize and we try to make amends. That's maturity. 
anything less than that is just an immature act, which means you really haven't grown up yet. How do you incorporate discipline in a life of celebration? Easy. Meditate. Be mindful of everything around you while you're celebrating. Easy. Practice openness in the marketplace. That takes discipline because we're not programmed to be open. You actually have to practice it. We can practice everything in the marketplace. And openness is one of those things that nobody needs to know that you're practicing. A viewer asks, externally, I say no, and internally, I say yes. If my external no gets objected to, does that mean I'm usually fine with it? Or will openness still allow me to emphase my no? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. That just sounds like I'm... I, I actually don't live in my head. I live in reality. I don't live in these convoluted head thoughts. I really can't be bothered. I love reality. I love this present moment. I have no interest in analyzing. I have no interest in dragging the past into, into the now. I have no interest in dragging projected future thoughts into this now. It is so nice to be here in this moment. I don't get into philosophizing. There is now, this is it, and it's brilliant. Is any time we're present to the moment and not in thought meditation? Heck yeah. Yeah, meditation is simply being present to what is real. That's all it is. Too much celebration of life can lead some people to blindly indulging in sexuality, drugs, alcohol, and other addictions. What is a healthy way of celebrating life? Zippity doo da, zippity a. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Why do you need drugs? Why do you need alcohol? Why do you need sex? Why not just dance? Why not just play? Why not say hello to people and love them? <laughs> I'm not talking about indulgences. I'm talking about celebrating. I'm talking about being Zorba the Buddha. What is the best thing to do when I notice I'm in contraction? The best thing to do when you notice in contraction is to open up. That's the best thing to do. And if you practice opening up enough, you will remain open. But if you support the contraction, well, you'll always be contracted. That's how it is. You'll always be in resistance to life and you'll always be in either a high level or a low level of dissatisfaction, which from my understanding is suffering. Your choice or practice openness. It's the pathway to the heart. It's the pathway to high consciousness and it's the pathway to super consciousness enlightenment. Openness counts.
for absolutely everything. A viewer asks, Jack Cornfield says, it's good to ask each day, what would love have me do today? Do you agree? No, <laughs> because I don't live in my head. I don't ask myself anything. I am just here. I am. I am. I am here. That's it. I don't ask myself silly questions. I am here. That's enough. It's enough. Jack didn't wake up. Recently, when I have been presented with opportunities at work, socially, and even when asked to try something new at the gym, I find I don't agree readily and often say not yet or no thanks. How can I be more open to try new things? There's nothing wrong with not agreeing to do things. Like um, I'm, I'm actually a vegan. If someone offers me a, uh, a meat dish, I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to contract over it either. It's, you know, it's just what is. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing at all wrong with not going along for the ride. If you don't want to go along for the ride, the problem is whether we're going to contract over it or not, or and go into resistance or not. We can remain open while saying no. We can remain open while not complying. We don't have to close. We don't have to go into resistance. It's a choice. I choose not to suffer. I choose not to contract. I choose not to resist because I'm not into suffering. This moment's too beautiful. Why pollute it with anything? Thank you for saying. Good to see you brave hearts here today. <laughs>